Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast, brought to you by Baldwin Research Institute and the Freedom Model. Addiction experts Mark Sheeran, Stephen Slate, and Michelle Dunbar take on controversial topics surrounding substance use, addiction, and treatment. If there are topics you'd like for us to discuss, books you'd like for us to review, or have specific questions, please email us at podcast at thefreedommodel.org. That's podcast at thefreedommodel.org. Hi, everyone. Mark and Michelle here. Stephen is traveling up to our retreat today. Um, What we're going to talk about today is the non-12-step movement. Yes. There's a there's a significant amount of non twelve step movement, and what what you should know first off is that um, that we were the originators of the first non twelve step program. Right, Mark, you can talk about that. Yeah, um, I created the term non twelve step, and where that first appeared uh, was on some of our literature back in the early nineties, and then and then uh, on when Google first started actually we were the first program on Google ever and uh, and so um, we sort of spearheaded that I want to talk about uh, this this idea about recovery and leaving AA and uh, uh, all of that there's a whole movement happening now which is wonderful by the way it's awesome Um, but I'm watching on on these leaving AA groups, people will post something like, um, what are some alternatives uh, to treatment or AA? And uh, disease-based models, what are some alternatives? And then then in the comments section, you'll get a list of 100 or 200 comments of all this different stuff. And, uh, and it's all under the guise of recovery. And I want to talk about the difference between a true non-12-step model, which is the freedom model, the original, us, and everything else. And I'm going to make that differentiation by saying the following. Uh, recovery is unnecessary. Now, people, people's heads are going to spin a little bit because this isn't semantics. What I'm saying is that uh, my mission is to make recovery obsolete so that everybody out there knows that they can be truly free. So being free isn't having to go to a meeting, whether the meeting is a non-12-step meeting or the meeting is an AA meeting or the meeting is some other version of, you know, whatever. Um, The point is, is that people can move on from this whole issue completely with a change in the way they perceive their preferences for alcohol and drugs. And that's an internal job. So as soon as we get into this recovery language, you're delving right back into the disease language because in, in disease language, you need something to recover from, right? A disease. And uh, so then people start saying, well, we're not really talking about disease. We're recovering from a past state of mind, all these different things. There's nothing to recover from because the, the question is, uh, you, there's not two people inside of you. You know, there's not the unrecovered and then somebody striving for recovery. There's just you making a decision about your life. So, 
So I want to talk today about um, very specifically how to change a preference and and move on and what that means. Um, so before I go babbling on about that, Michelle, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, the other thing we're going to talk about is how you can identify a true non-12-step, non-disease-based program um, if you're if you're looking for that. And, you know, to reiterate what Mark said, anything that, that views you as somebody who's damaged, as somebody who's suffering from something that has happened to you rather than something that you've chosen. And look, at, that doesn't mean that we don't think um, that people feel out of control. We felt out of control at one time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, that happens. And that doesn't mean that we think that that, you know, for everyone, they just, you know, miraculously decide one day that, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore, and it's, and it's fine, and it's easy. It can be easy if you have the right information, um, but for most people, it isn't, and that's why they're seeking help, and they're seeking a program. But the question becomes, what kind of help are you looking for? So here's, so here's the question, is if you think that there's something to battle, if you are battling an addiction right? That means that the addiction is personified. It means it's something besides you. It's outside of you. It's happening to you. You're susceptible to it. That's all disease language. So in that case, what recovery represents is a tool or almost like an antibiotic, something also external to you that props you up and supports you in your battle. Right. But but there is no battle. There's just you. There's just you. So if there is a battle, it's an internal battle. And I wouldn't call it a battle. I think it's more nuanced than that. I think that what happens is people uh, are deliberating what they really want. When the costs and the benefits of getting high or drunk become very equal, when the benefits are almost equal to the consequences or vice versa, then making a decision about what you want to do in regards to your substance use becomes very difficult because you're constantly thinking, well, do I really want this? I hate doing it, but I like it better than being sober. And so you're doing this deliberation. That's not a battle. That's making a tough choice, all right? There's a huge difference between that. A battle is there's something outside of you attacking you. And in that case, you would need recovery. You would need support because you're too weak. That's where the weakness argument comes in. That you would need some other uh, means, some meeting to fix you, to support you, to give you the strength to avoid the disease of addiction, right? So uh, as long as you're, you're, you keep the, the view that you're battling something, um, well, then you're going to need recovery and all that goes with it. You're going to need meetings. You're going to need support. You're going to need therapy. You're going to need, need, need. And all, that has nothing to do with a, a true non-12-step model because a true non-12-step model is not disease-based. Therefore, there's nothing to recover from. Which is why in the Freedom Model, we are the only book, the only model that throws out both the disease concept and recovery. We toss it right out the window and we say, what's left when you get rid of the disease mythology and therefore you get rid of the recovery mythology? What's left? 
You. You. Your mind. Your ability to choose. So uh, if, if you believe that you need to be propped up, supported um, in some sort of battle that you're waging against uh, the disease of alcoholism or drug addiction, um, that's not non-12 step, I can tell you that. You know, you can go to all the smart recovery meetings, you can go to all the rational recovery meetings, you can go to moderation management, you can count your drinks, you can, go, you can get on mat, you can do harm reduction. Wouldn't it just be easier to make a decision about what you want and what you prefer? The very first thing that I do in a class with one of my guests at the retreat is I say, why do you like getting high? Why do you like getting drunk? And people are always shocked by it. They're always shocked because they say, I don't, I don't like it. Almost invariably they say that. And by the fourth or fifth class that we have, they kind of smile because they start getting it. And they say, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I am choosing this for myself. Now it takes some time to get there because people are taught to say they don't like it. They're taught right. by the shame industry, by uh, you know, the stigma industry that you shouldn't want to get high. Just the term, you know, getting clean implies that you're dirty, right? I mean, think about that. Think about the terms we use. Well, who wants to admit that they like getting high when we view it as them being dirty? That's right. Right? Filthy. I mean, that's, that's really what, how, how we culturally view this. And at the Freedom Model, I'm not going to do that to somebody. I don't think they're dirty, clean. I don't think there's none of that. That's why do you like it? I liked getting high. That's I why I did it. High. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now in the end I didn't like it as much as I used to because I was very bored, lonely, crushed. My life was in dire straits. I was miserable. I was incredibly depressed, anxious, suicidal, the whole nine yards. So I understand about feeling hopeless. But when I was provided the facts that that was all the way I saw the world and what I was valuing at the time wasn't giving me very good returns. Uh, and that there was probably a way for me to get better returns doing other things by abstaining and moderating, well, then I was easily able to do that. Um, but you have to get rid of this idea that you need something to prop you up. That, it, it, we, we get rid of that idea. There is no propping up people or supporting them because you don't need support in your ability to choose something different. What you need is information. Now, certainly, we're not we're not going to knock some of the non twelve step groups. We have wonderful friends in those groups, people who who you know very much support the freedom model. Oh yeah. Um, and and I you know perhaps the, for some people they do provide um, an initial uh, path kind, out. Yeah, an initial path out of it. But the good thing about about smart and, and some of the other non twelve step groups is they don't lock you in and they don't tell you that you need to be there forever, um, but they also don't get right to the heart of why do you like it? Because there's still this idea that you shouldn't. And I wanna get back to that. I mean, we do get people all the time who say, it's, I know it's not a disease and I know I'm not powerless, um, who come to the retreat. They like what we talk about, yet they feel like on some level, their substance use has become involuntary. Even though when they get here, they, they've stopped and they're not using anymore, they're not drinking anymore. Um, and and so it really does take some kind of uh, 
we have to really show them that we're very non-judgmental. We have to show them that it's really okay and, and challenge them to figure out, well, obviously you see benefits. You see ben- benefits in getting drunk. You see benefits in getting high. Let's just parse it out and figure out what they are. Because maybe in the beginning when you were using, your, your, it really did do some of the things you wanted it to do for you. It really provided that distraction. Um, and made you feel good for a little while. I, I think that's true because certainly it was in my case, and I think that that you wouldn't hit the bottle heavy or right you know, if it didn't do that for you initially. That's <laughs> right. how you develop the preference to begin with. Right, it has value in your life, or you wouldn't do it. That's that's for sure. Yeah, but then over time, just like anything else that you do initially that you love doing, it becomes less exciting. A little bit, a little bit boring, and so your level of happiness goes down. But what really happens is you're still doing it because the benefits. There's still some benefits. Maybe the level is much lower, but you still believe in your heart of hearts you can be happier doing it than not doing it, or you'd stop. Here's here's why Michelle's being really kind, and I I have always been known to sort of put an <laughs> issue with a sledgehammer. Um, I I don't have as much. Um, tolerance for all the different other uh, quote-unquote non-12-step models out there. And let me tell you why. I think that people get caught up in them like they do AA. Mm -hmm. I think it becomes a crutch just the same, but less of a crutch and more of a huge distraction to being free. Yes, I do agree with that. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. The only true non-12-step model is one that provides a complete way out to freedom. Yes. With, without being beholden to meetings or support. It, or therapy or on some kind of ongoing thing that uh, is supposed to help you stay sober. Right. About sobriety or about substance use. So if we have a system of help that ties you in to something other than your ability to choose, you're being distracted from the thing that actually solves the issue, which is you. Okay. Yes. Now, I don't knock. I do knock therapy when it comes to substance use because it's not. It's not it, helpful. Well, it's unnecessary. It's completely and totally unnecessary. But what is necessary is if you believe you need that. If you believe you need meetings. If you be, what you need is the freedom model because we're going to show you that you don't need it. So it now, it, it's really important to know that I am sort of hitting. Uh, uh, a glass ball with a sledgehammer here and I said at the beginning of the podcast people will freak out a bit they'll think that I'm being um, short-sighted uh, dismissive mean all those sorts of things and that it could be hurting people by dissuading them from going to other meetings or other support networks or that there's a lot of different ways uh, to skin a cat and you know um, so I-, I get all those arguments but what if there was a way that every single listener could move on and be free without being beholden to anything external. Would you do it? And if that's what you want, then you read the Freedom Model and we can show you exactly how to do that. I spent 30 years, so did Michelle, Steve as well, all these years, all this time, looking at all the different things that are out there in the health industry. 
and we pluck it all apart for you. That's why it takes 450 pages. You know, the book is a big book. It's, it's, it's an enormous amount of information. But we have the chapters laid out in such a way so that you can look at each individual small topic, like the topics we're talking about. You can literally go through, and we divide it out into like 100 different topics. I forget the actual number. It might be more than that. Actually, it probably is. And, and you can identify what you're struggling with, go to that chapter, and read it. And, uh, and you'll know the answer to how to deal with that, that problem. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance use issues, the Freedom Model can help. Call 888-424-2626. That's 888-424-2626. Or visit thefreedommodel.org to see which option may be best for you. For a residential option, visit SoberForever.net. That's SoberForever.net. Um, so... I do think that there's a place, anything that gets people away from the cult of AA or NA is a positive thing. Absolutely. Because that's the far end of the spectrum. You got the, the real wacko Narconon Scientology front, and then you have AA sitting right next to that, and NA, and, and those are the traps. And right outside of that, you have the treatment industry that's been profiting off of that model for yeah. the last 70 years, um, which is just a human mill. They're just running people through this false disease narrative and, and people die in droves because of it. I call it a quiet genocide in our country. And now we're exporting that nonsense all over the world, which is tragic, truly tragic, um, all based in myth. And people are catching on. And ha you know, over the last probably 30 years that we've been pushing the non-12-step ideal. And, uh, and there's been other researchers. I'm not going to take credit for everything, but the point is to say that recovery isn't necessary is really um, the crowning achievement of my career as a researcher um, because honestly, nobody else is willing to say it. That's the truth. Nobody's willing to say it because there's so much money to be made in that too. And the distraction is so alluring. The distraction of this really isn't me and I need to be propped up is alluring to human beings. Um, it's the reason we'll give up our rights for a little security in so many ways. Um, and so, so the question is, do you want to be free? And I'm going to keep saying that throughout the podcast. Do you want to be free? And then this is what happens to people when they look at freedom. They go, oh my God, what would I do without all this stuff that I've been concentrating on? All this recovery ideology, this battle to be waged takes up a lot of your mental resources, a lot of your time. And in a way, you almost feel like it's a noble cause that makes you feel special. Right. Now, I'm not cutting on people. I did it too. Oh, yeah. Everything I'm mentioning, I have lived through. I've gone to over 3,000 AA meetings. I've, I was steeped in AA since I was a little boy. Since I, My first memories when I was six years old of being in a halfway house with my mother on weekends. I could tell you I've been around treatment my whole life. So I get it. I get being completely uh, feeling uh, like I was hopeless and, and destitute and all of that. So I get it. Um, but what I really want to tell people is they don't have to feel any of that. And they really can move on. And here's, here's the crazy secret. Most people do move on and they don't go to meetings. Or treatment. Yeah, they don't. That's, that's the great 
unsaid thing. Now, we've been saying it. Zach Rhodes has been saying it. Stanton's been saying it. Certain researchers say it. Stan's but, been saying it for 40 years. But it's, but it's a funny thing. It's a funny thing. It's almost like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real. I mean, most people, over 9 out of 10 people that have a drinking or drug problem, will quit whether they go to treatment or not when you factor in age. That's not a small point. In other words, most people, it's more normal for them to move beyond addiction and recovery than it is to be in recovery. So you can skip the whole meeting thing. You can just read the freedom model. You can do exactly what it says. You can figure out what's got you uh, all, all uh, distracted and confused when it comes to this, this whole idea of getting away from AA and moving on and addiction and moving on with your life. You can actually figure out what it is that's, that's a problem for you. You can read the solution to that problem and, uh, and then you can move on with your life. So um, people say that sounds too easy. I, I, you know, change isn't easy. Some right. change is easy, but it isn't always easy. It takes mental effort to change your mental trajectory. Um, it has, you have to be willing to do some work sometimes. Well, look at, even if you, you know, I always use this example. Um, even if you're in a bad marriage, so you've been in a bad marriage for 20 years, but you know, there's a certain level of love and, um, you know, there's, you've been in that marriage for 20 years, you've been doing the same thing. And, and if you look at it with substance use, it's kind of like that. It's, it's, you know, alcohol has been a part of your life every day for 25 years or however long it's been. And, and you know, you're, you've been using it the same way. In a bad marriage, you relate the same way for all this time. So it becomes habitual and it becomes comfortable. And even, in, even when it, it, it seems awful, there's a certain level of, you know, I'm more comfortable staying with what I know than I am. So, so that that's where the level of discomfort comes from. It's not from, uh, you know, it's not from all of these things that that treatment puts on it. You know, like oh, you have unresolved trauma. You have, um, yeah, that's why you're you're you continue drinking. You have all of these things. You, for many people, what makes it difficult to change is just the fact that you're going to do something different. Well, I, I can't, that is so profound and that's really important. Um, I think that in most cases, when you really, I'll ask people, you know, after you've done this for 30 years, you, you have a lot of interviews with people and, and I'll ask people, why do you think that it's so hard to change? You know, and they say, well, the, they're really, people, most people don't really ask themselves questions like that. And I say, why? Why do you think it's so hard for you to change? Why does that scare you so much? And when we get right down to it, it comes down to it takes work. It takes, yeah. It takes real effort. And here's a funny thing. AA becomes a social club for some people, and I understand it. It was a huge distraction to me um, in my life, but it was a distraction from my family and my career and the things that are the challenges of life. And it actually slowed down my career, slowed down me getting married and having kids. It was such a huge part of my life. 
it defined me. Being in recovery defined me. Me too. And I remember breaking out of that and thinking there, there comes a point where it's so freeing. Oh, no <laughs> you know, kidding. it's like, oh my God, I have, I have all these other relationships. And for me, it, was, it coincided with me having children. And Me too. all of a sudden, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah I broke away before you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't want to grow up, have my kids grow up the way I did, where yeah. my mother would say, you know, Me too. I have to go to a meeting because it's the most important thing for my recovery. I knew it was bullshit. I was already talking about non-12-step at that point. I had already written you about were. it. You were. You know, but I was in that same mode that I'm watching these people in these leaving AA groups. Yeah, that, with, that are kind of, they have like... One leg in each. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because recovery ties you to disease, whether you like it or not. It does. It, it ties you to... To needing something that you're fixing. Yes. Some mm-hmm. external thing that's happening to you. Yeah. That you feel like you don't have control over. This experience of this whole disease thing. And I remember letting go of that. And boy, my interest... In my case, I'm a, I'm a hunter... And an outdoorsman and a gunsmith and all this. That's how I grew up. And and that part of my life blossomed. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I found myself in Maine and then Montana and all these different places hunting and, and experiencing the outdoors in a, in a truly wonderful way. Bringing my kids out to these places and, and going on trips with my wife and living life. Yeah. And not in a meeting. Talking about recovery. Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing that recovery does that's troubling to me. And that is it makes, because there's a human experience to be had, right? I mean, there's ups and downs in life for everybody. But when you're tied into recovery, everything becomes about that. It's It's like somehow your experiences are unique and you need this special help because, you know, yeah, Susie lost her mom, but she's not an addict. So it's okay that she lost her mom, but you're an addict. Boy, that's so, a good point. So, you know, we've got to be careful that, that you, you know, no, when you're free, you become like Susie. Like you, you realize everybody deals with this stuff and it's part of the natural ebb and flow of life. And, and no, I'm, there's nothing special or different about me dealing with it other than at one point in time I used to think that drinking heavily would help it right. now I know that it doesn't and so it doesn't even become an option right yeah you're not defined by we call it in the freedom model the cage of recovery yeah are you willing to open the door in the cage of recovery it's different than the box of addiction that's got closed walls where you're just looped into this very right. myopic way of living right and that's such a strong belief system because yeah. it's accompanied with a physical component. Yeah, you have these things that reinforce this idea, although it's erroneous, that you can't stop. So, but recovery doesn't have that. Right. Right? So it's more like a cage. You can see out. You can see other people functioning. You can see other people living their lives. Um, and you're just kind of stuck observing. And, uh, and to be honest with you, I got to tell you, it's a terrible place to be. It is. It, it is. For, at least it was for me. I know a lot of people that are listening to this are going to get offended by a lot of what I'm saying. We don't please, want you to be. Yeah, don't be. Because I Because we were it. there for a long time. Yeah, I just want you to know that... To, I want you to be aware that you're actually being duped into believing that there's something to recover from. Mm-hmm. 
but you can't recover from yourself. From your own preferences. Yeah. Which are not bad or good. They just are what they are. And that's the other part of it is you, you can't have recovery without thinking what I liked before was bad. It was bad and I shouldn't do it. Right. I, it, it wasn't bad or good. Maybe it didn't help you to achieve your goals. Or it had really high costs. It had high costs associated yeah. with it. Absolutely. Yep. But there's a whole lot of things that we choose that have high costs. Yeah. Every decision we make has, there's a payoff somewhere. There's a yep. cost associated with it. doesn't matter what it is. Um, and some have higher costs than others. So I, I just, so please don't, try not to be offended if, if I have offended you, but... Um, I just want you to know you can be free. Absolutely. And that everything that you need to move on with your life, you were born with. And it's called free will. You have the ability to think and act exactly as you see fit. Um, A lot of this is hard for people to catch at first because their instant reaction is, Oh, you're full of shit. That's not true. I, you know, I, I you obviously haven't dealt with addiction. I, I, yeah, I, we get those uh, all those emails all the time. We're like, do you read our stuff? Are you look? Are you listening to yeah, that? I mean, I, you're talking to the, the talking people. to two people that were suicidal at one point in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. When you're when you're there, when you're that low, and you see ending your life as a happier option. Things are pretty bad. They're pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but I've been there in, in not you know, in a long, long time. Three decades. So, um, so yeah, we we get it. And so that's it. I, I wanna I wanna just let people know that they can be free. That the only true non twelve step program in the in the world is the Freedom Model because we. Uh, don't believe in addiction in the classic sense that you're a hopeless case or that there's a loss of control because we know scientifically that's not true. And we're also the only program that is going to challenge recovery and allow you to move beyond it and not have any need for it when it comes to substance use. If you want to go to therapy about some other issue, I'm not an expert in that arena. I'm not. So I'm not going to make any claims about that. But when it comes to substance use, when it comes to addiction in the classic sense, um, I am an expert. And I was the first person that uttered the words non-12-step, that term. So I know it from the beginning, and I've watched them bastardize this term. Uh, I'm watching uh, medically-assisted therapy, that whole industry, and harm reduction um, bring people down a road that is, that is going to end in, in a lot of unnecessary pain for people because it keeps you in a cycle that the freedom model would free you from right from get-go. Um, you don't have to believe that you need a medication to stop you from taking medication. Um, I do think that there's value in it in a, in a situation where um, certainly there's black market drugs that might kill somebody. But, but here's my issue with all of it. Why isn't the very first thing that people say that are in the help industry, hey, you can get over the problem. That's not what's done with medically assisted therapy. The very first assumption is you probably need some crutch. You probably need something to you know, get you past this black market issue. Well, if you don't take drugs, then there's no black market issue. Right. And nobody is saying, hey, you could stop right now and move on with your life without anything. And nope. be okay. And be completely happy. Mm-hmm. And let's address your preferences first. Why isn't that the first thing that is done instead of getting somebody on a low-dose 
of heroin through through methadone because that's all right, that is right. right so that's a that's obviously a discussion for another day that's that's but if you want to hear me talk about that uh zach rhodes has a on the social exchange has a podcast where we discuss that topic in in pretty good detail um and we cover that also in the freedom model as well um so it's uh i'm not against matt i'm not against anything that that's helps right. people but it's but they should be told the truth they should be told that they can stop on their own without a hitch, without recovery, without meetings, without any crutch that you could move on and be completely, totally free and happy. That is our podcast for today. Um, if you listen to our podcast and you watch our Facebook lives and you look at our videos and you're, and you're seeking help and you're still struggling, please know you can call us anytime at 888-424-2626. We're happy to help. We offer private instruction via Skype. We offer, we have a wonderful private retreat where people come and they work with us directly one-on-one. Yeah. If you want to be taught the freedom model straight from me, Call 888-424-2626, and I'd be happy to spend a couple of weeks or three weeks or four weeks, whatever you need, and I, I'll teach it to you directly, as will Steve and so will Michelle. Um, and yeah. if you if you have a family member, perhaps you're finding success with the Freedom Model, but you have family members who are struggling with your newfound freedom, um, then have them call me. I wrote the, I was the lead author on the family book. Um, I've been working with families all this time, better part of 25 years, and I will, you know, give them a free consultation on the phone. Um, and if they wanted to, I will do a, a family program via Skype as well. So that's a that's another option. Um, so and that's Freedom Model for the Family is the name of her book. It's very yes. good. And you get it on Amazon. You can go to our website, thefreedommodel.org, or for our retreat, soberforever.net. And also, if you do go to Amazon, you can read all the unsolicited uh, reviews. There are some great ones of what to expect when you read the book or come to our retreat. Yes. Thank you so much, everybody, and um, we'll see you next time. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Addiction Solution Podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance use issues, the Freedom Model can help. Call 888-424-2626. That's 888-424-2626. Or visit thefreedommodel.org to see which option may be best for you. For a residential option, visit SoberForever.net. That's SoberForever.net.